what excites me is the diversity in Atlanta. I love that, you know, and this is such a, a, a lame, like, observation, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, because what else are you going to do? I'm your only fucking guest right now. It's my favorite guest. Hey, okay. I went to Costco on Saturday. I'm a mom. School started. How to get, how to get lunches. Mm-hmm. I was young, old, black, white, Muslim, Jewish. I saw like a hipster, elderly. I get so excited to come back here because I love what Atlanta has become. Hot breath. Hello, hot breath averse. It is I, Joel Byers, and you know what time it is. Hot Welcome back, all my hot brethren and sistren. Welcome aboard, all our newcomers. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you for hanging out with us on this educated escape here, highlighting people from Atlanta. And today, we are highlighting what some people to consider Atlanta. My guest today, she has been in Atlanta for over two decades now, making moves and being a major influencer. So I was so happy to sit down with her and interview her and capture her story heard like never before. So thanks for tuning in. All I'll say before we hop into the interview, if you do enjoy this interview, please, I would greatly appreciate your vote in Crave Loafing's Best of Atlanta voting You only have a couple days after the release of this interview, but go to Creative Loafing's website. All you got to do is type in your email, go to the Cityscapes page, third row from the bottom, best local podcast, hot breath. I would really appreciate it because like my guest, she lives and breathes Atlanta and loves supporting it. And that is my mission with this podcast. And you listening proves that you share that mission. So thank you for sharing your valuable time with me today. And now I present to you with only one thing left to do. And that is inhale a hot breath. Oh my with God. Mara, Mara Davis. I, I like that. I need to get one of those. You gotta start a podcast. It's too much of a pain in the ass. I do all that work and then nobody listens to it. Isn't it? People don't get a podcast until they try to do one and they're like, oh, that's a lot of work. It's like, look at all the shit you're doing. You're not making money. Are you making <laughs> no, money off it? No. Where, am I, where do you want me to sit? Um, If you want to sit sure. there, I've got you all you know set mean? up. It's like all the stuff you have to do and then like... <sighs> Then it's like, it's, I mean, like you, like you're a comedian. So I think for you, it's, it all, that's like the thing you do when you're a comedian now. But for me, it's just like, I did it when I first got off the radio (laughs) and like, I did all this work and then like nobody listened to it. Even you. So like, if you start one and people aren't listening. Nobody gave a shit. (laughs) So I was just like, fuck this. I'm done. Yeah, so there you go. There's the answer. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> just like that was. <laughs> yeah. This was actually the Creative Loafing Live. Oh, awesome! You're on here. Hey. Creative Loafing Live. Yeah. So. How many viewers are there? I was Six. Doing five. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is they have like fifty thousand followers, and there's literally five people. But whatever. I was trying to give them something special. I mean. For keeping up. But then do you blame it? Like, who's like, who has all day to sit there and like watch it? Like, what if, I mean, yeah. you haven't given them every, anything, Joel. I know. I'm just pointing a camera and like, hey guys, yeah. I'm me. Yeah, we don't have to. Um... Great, but I love being on. Do you like being on it? I like any attention. Well, I'll tell you what we can do. And just have it just for the sake. When it was on my legs, it was the same amount. Of All people. right. Yeah, we'll just do that. I've never done a live one before. Is that going to distract you though? Hi. No. Okay. Not oh, at you all. are. You locked right in. You're a professional. I was like, is that going to distract you? And you're like, right here. Yeah. This is so awesome. Like I'm interviewing <laughs> a professional interviewer. Oh well, good. I love it. So all this right. is a lot of pressure. Okay, great. Well, I like the headphones because it's all intimate. I like and that. Um, gets you in see, there. I have mine is a much more like low end version of that, but I. Want to get that? The Zoom? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I knew quality with podcasts was... When I started it, I was like, all right, what do I like in a podcast? What do I not like? See, look at mine. Mine's the Oh, old. you just do, you just do like, ex, you just take it all from there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw you in interviews holding up like a silver one at That's one time. That's a long time ago, but yes. Yeah, it was like a Jonah Hill interview and somebody, oh my God. somebody asked him like, are you like the fat guy in Hollywood? And he's like, does anybody else have any questions? Oh yeah, that, he was, <laughs> well, we, you, why don't you bring that up in the interview? Because it's a great story. Oh, well, it's in the interview. Let's do it. Okay, great. We're, we're on. We, oh, we're recording? We're on. We're on, yeah. Okay, Let's, great. Yeah. Oh, so th- that Jonah Hill interview. Yeah was a Georgia Tech event. Uh-huh. It was some animated show that he was promoting. I don't remember what it was. It, it didn't get picked up. Obviously, nobody cared. <laughs> he had lost a lot of weight. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things where people are going to ask you that. You know, mm-hmm. instead of being a dick about it, be media trained about it and be like, ha, 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 everybody asked me that. Uh, you right. know, is there any, you know, instead he was sort of like, all I can say about Jonah Hill is in that experience. And then I think, what did I do? Did I like follow up with a Howard Stern question? You followed up with a Jermaine Dupree question about like, I know you and Jermaine know each other. You're going to look, hit him up while you're out here or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Did you, were you going to say Baba Booey? (laughs) Well, because I know he's a big Stern listener and I'm a crazy Stern fan. Yeah, you want to be the Howard Stern for females. Yeah, but that's just not possible. No. Not terrestrial radio. Okay. I mean, it's just not. I'm not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer. Um, but, I mean, it, can you count on your hands, Joel, how many women are on talk radio? No. I can't even count people on talk radio, really, to okay. be honest. Can you think of, like, any... Like, if I said to you, think of talk radio. Okay. And who do you think of? You think of Howard Stern, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lois Reitzis. Uh, okay, all right. That's they're, a, okay. NPR, they're talking. That's different. Yeah. But like I'm talking about straight up talk radio. Right, yeah. Like you can't think of any women because the industry, it, it, the only way I could be in talk radio right now is if I was a crazy right-wing uh, activist. Mm. Let me take out, or if I were just a right-wing, and I say crazy... For your political listeners, I'm not taking a side here, but in order to be successful at talk, talk radio, you have to have a crazy extreme viewpoint. That you can talk about every day, all day. And also to make your show interesting, to make yeah. people coming back for more. So True. you can't just be like, oh, I'm a middle of the road moderate because that, that doesn't work. I mean, why does Rush Limbaugh work? Because he's extreme. Mm. It's funny. You get your radio show got taken off the air by talk radio, sports talk radio. Yeah, but you know, I'm now five years removed from that. Yeah. So I, it was a bummer at the time, and it's still a bummer, but it is, it is and it isn't, uh, because I've been able to do so many cool things since then. Totally. But uh, talk radio is one of those things that's, that's viable in terrestrial radio right now. You can get music anywhere. You, you don't rely on terrestrial radio for, for new music discovery anymore. Right. There's just no soul left in it you know you're hearing a dj who's talking to you from maybe san antonio or or milwaukee or wherever they're voice tracking from yeah so talk radio local sports radio is where it's at just a bunch of talking about a sport that's six months away let's or whatever. talk about yeah. the game some more.com <laughs> i mean that's just what it is and and you know what and and i think when when dave fm and z93 when dave fm ended i think i felt bitter towards sports uh and and that, but at the same time, it really builds community, and you know, and and the game has done a very nice job, and they have all the local, you know, they've got that. Well, I think the Falcons and Atlanta United, and everything but the Braves, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for them. Yeah, it's good. We get a 1.6 billion dollar stadium, but we have all these potholes that are undefeated. But um, it's totally fine. Sports <laughs> is always going to win, as I learned from my career. Sports yeah. will be more important than anything, and that's just the way it is. It's like, hey, you're going to get CTE. I don't care. I'm going to the game. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah. Right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. You've almost got to see it as a blessing in disguise, though, because your your brand now has just exploded from just like a rate. And you were doing other stuff while doing the radio, but you're like PR consulting, you're like social media guru and you make appearances and you host events and like you're on stage with Martin Short and Steve Martin, you know, all these cool things you're doing that after that job 
within like a year you have you're on Atlanta Eats now. Like it all like maybe just been a little lull that then just catapulted you to another kind of identity, really. Well, it's very kind of you to say that, Joel, and I appreciate you noticing that. <sighs> and you know, I'll be really honest. The first year outside of my my whole identity for so long was radio. That mm. was it. That it was all I did. I graduated college and I, I, I was on that path of radio. And then when it just ended, I, I, it was like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to do it? Because the business has changed so much. And when everybody said your phone's going to ring off the hook, it just didn't happen. I wasn't getting those calls from radio stations. And I had to figure something out. So I really didn't say no to any opportunity. Like mm. I've hosted like uh, that first year, I hosted a purity fashion show of like teenage girls who like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm not like a Jesus fashion show. Like I'm not even kidding you. Like I still have the invoice, but it was Whoa. just something to keep me going. And social media really saved me in the mm. sense that if I had gone off the air, 10 years before, it would have been Mara Davis. Whatever happened to her? Yeah. And now with social media, everybody knows what I'm up to. And even more so because people are on their devices constantly. So, like, look what what you're doing with all the podcasting and social media and keeping yourself out there. It's like you can't just be one thing. So as much as I miss the day-to-day connection with the audience and the music, I do miss it. You know, it just did a thing with the whole... Trump, you know, revolving door of all the people getting fired. Yeah. And I just wanted to do a radio free lunch playlist of like <laughs> great songs, like, you know, moving out, you know, Anthony song, you yeah. know, I wanted to do all those songs. So, so in that, in that respect, I do miss it, but you know, I have, I've done a Atlanta eats and I did a pilot for food network, which didn't get picked up and that was heartbreaking, but still I had that opportunity. Yeah. You know, I worked for a great startup called Tastemade for a while. Now I'm working for Adult Swim. I know. So, so, and, and that's behind the scenes, which is super fun. So it's like, you know, I, you know, it's funny. Ronnie Ho wrote an article about the political playlist. And yeah. like, of course, I love the commenters. You know, that's why she <laughs> hasn't been able to get work because she's such an asshole. I'm like, you know, go fuck yourself. Like, I I am working. You know, I'm yeah. doing a lot of things. So I do like the flexibility of doing different things. And, you know, I'm a mom. You are. So you are it, gives, it gives me an opportunity to work from home and, and be able to, like, do shit with yeah. my kid while he still, like, gives me the time of day. And it's funny. You work at Atlanta Eats, but then you don't even like to cook, which is a funny kind of contrast mm. to that. I don't love cooking. <laughs> I've embraced it a little bit more, and I okay. appreciate it. But I, I would not say, like, oh, I get such joy in the kitchen. Like, I don't. Like, I get joy going to the grocery store and when my husband gives me a list and like a scavenger hunt like oh yeah I love it and yeah. I don't even mind the cleaning I just don't think I'm that great of a cook mm-hmm. um, and I have like six staples that I make because I'm a man <laughs> so I have to make like turkey meatloaf or like I make like an enchilada and like crock pot and crock pot love I, you yeah. know I'm not like my husband's super into that crock pot but uh-huh. for me it's just not my thing like I but I, but I, I do less and less takeout like I just I would rather cook and your palate is a it's a, has a higher standard than most you've pretty much eaten the best food yeah, I'm exists. a dick. I'm an asshole. Like I'm <laughs> and a mom. I'm a dick. I'm an asshole. I'm a mom. But, but also, it's like yes, my, my palate has grown a lot more sophisticated. Yeah. Um, eating out uh, a, a lot, but I also like things that are really simple too. Like I, you know, if you if I had a choice between, you know, a fancy five star multi-course meal over like tacos on Buford Highway and mm-hmm. like the 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 stuff that grandma made from Mexico I would choose the Buford Highway one. Yeah. And what I like about your taste and your style is this whole podcast is about Atlanta and you you are Atlanta to a lot of people. You not Aww. only know the food scene, you know the music scene, you're a fan of the comedy scene here. So having you on here and providing that perspective of just how the city has evolved is really the main joy I'm getting out of sitting down with you because I started this because I was jazzed about the comedy scene. I was like, oh, we have, there's a lot of funny people here that have moved on to be on like Comedy Central and Netflix and HBO. And then 
as I got up in the episodes and I started looking around, I'm like, oh, the whole city is like booming right now. It's not just comedy. There's like a great food scene, great music scene here, great startup scene here. Like, how have you seen, you moved here in like 94? I really did your research. New York Rocket Radio with Howard Stern on in the mornings. Joe Byers (laughs) uh, podcast, man. You're like, dude, that's great. That's a key to a good interview, by the way. Thank you very much. Being prepared. That's I prepare for all of them because that was one thing in podcasts I noticed was it would be people having cool, interesting people on and they'd be like, oh, so what's up? Or no, it's more like, hey, let's talk about me some more. Like yeah, the host. Totally. Yeah, it just absorbs everything. Right? Yeah. Oh, look at you even have like logoed <laughs> water. You, yes, I, I will say, Joel, you've done a really good job marketing yourself. Oh, thank you very much. You know, when I do an interview, I'll also do my show prep too. And like your yeah. website's super nice. You've got hot breath. You've got your branding. Oh, you're you. doing it, Joel. Oh, thank you, man. Okay, so back to Atlanta. Yes. How have I seen it change? Yes. It's definitely gotten so much cooler in a lot of different areas. I think the greatest thing that's happening in Atlanta right now is the t- film and TV industry. Yeah. And I've noticed that people are, are starting to embrace Atlanta in a better way where I would talk to people in the film and TV industry and they'd be like, oh my God, like you guys have actual restaurants in Atlanta. That's amazing. Whoa. You know, as in they're so LA, New York focused that it's really yeah. hard to see anything outside of their universe. And they're starting to realize that yeah, there's incredible culture here, and there's there's a, not a great dining, arts, great climate, very livable. But most importantly about Atlanta, the people here are nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe people are taken aback by that. So I, what I've seen evolve and that it, what excites me is the diversity in Atlanta. I love that, you, you know, and this is such a, a, a lame, like, observation but I'm going to give it to you anyway because what else are you going to do? I'm your only fucking guest right now. It's my favorite guest. Okay. I went to Costco on Saturday because I'm a mom. (laughs) School started and had to get get lunches. But I noticed at the Brookhaven Costco, if you ever want a snapshot of Atlanta's diversity, it was there. Mm -hmm. It was young, old, black, white, Muslim, Jewish. I saw like, you know, because there's a big Jewish community there in Brookhaven, you know. uh, I I saw like, you know, just hipster, elderly. It was like, it was so incredible to see the Atlanta diversity. And when I go to a city like Boston that has very little diversity, I get so excited to come back here because I love what Atlanta has become Mm -hmm. in that way. And I like seeing that. Where do you think it's gonna? Where do you think it's going? Because it seems like we're on like a, a like a bullish market right now, if you will. Yeah, and that concerns me a little bit, and especially when it comes to the restaurant industry, because I think it's so oversaturated. Mm. It's like you know, everybody gets so excited about Atlanta's dining scene, and, and it's just like so. So now, like every restaurateur or celebrity chef thinks they can open a restaurant here, and we're like, what do those land people know? I'm just gonna slap my name on it and open up and. Atlanta's a savvy but also very weird market. Hmm. Uh, so as far as like all of these like mixed use developments, I, I do worry a little bit because I think some of it's great. Like I drove through Kirkwood today and I was like, damn, look at what's doing here. Like 10 years ago, you would drive around here and, and, and there wasn't anything. Yeah. And now it's just like you've got like cool restaurants like Poor Hendrix and Bees Cracklin. Like like there's like stuff going on. Um, so I wanted I would want to see more like developed communities looking like that than maybe what I'm seeing, you know, over at Piedmont and and uh, you know by Fat Mats, you know where that's oh, that stuff. Oh, the, you know, the high rise. They knock down like a strip mall and then build like a. Yeah, it's not yeah. cute. It's not good, attractive, really. And you know, like. Like, I love the grittiness of Cheshire Bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. like that. I, so, I, you know, I don't want to see it look too like any town USA. So that's and my concern. You can see Roswell Road, like right outside the perimeter on Roswell Road is all like those high rise with like the shopping centers below them. They just like knock down stuff. Like that's why Punchline had to move. Yeah. Is because they just started building apartments down this like two lane or four lane road. And you're like oh, wow, we're building all this stuff, and yet we have a homeless epidemic and our infrastructure is crumbling. 
But yeah, we can just build all this cool stuff to look up at instead of well, down at what's it. happening. The punchline <laughs> that needed place needed a redo. I mean, oh that would yo come on. I mean, now. come on. You gotta you appreciate like, the you character. like raised your hand and your hand was like on the <laughs> ceiling. You like were so low in that place and like somebody could have lit a match the wrong way. Who knows what have happened? But I love you, Jamie. I know you just had Jamie on the show. I did, yeah. And the punchline. I mean, what an Atlanta icon. I mean, so many stars broke there. I mean, look at Amy yeah. Schumer. I mean, she played the punchline. I mean, I think she even mentioned Jamie. When I saw Amy at Cobb Energy Center, <sighs> she gave Jamie a shout out, I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, she had Mia Jackson, who's who's been open. She's from Atlanta. And yeah, she's great. Mia's been on her TV show. She's opened up for around the country and all that. So, yeah, she's she's really funny. But what do you think about the, uh, I alluded to it, but like the behind the scenes of Atlanta, like there's like a homeless epidemic and it does seem like our bridges aren't, I think our bridges are like on the verge of collapse. Some of them are like our infrastructure is not great, but we're kind of building up all these stilted kind of fabricated image of Atlanta. Well, here's, but uh, you know, being Atlanta. I right. would say there's a couple of different ways I could look at that. Mm-hmm. I think something you see in every major metropolitan city in Atlanta, I mean, in, in the country rather. So mm-hmm. if you go to San Francisco, forget it. You can't walk a block without seeing homeless people everywhere. Um, New York, Los Angeles. I mean, Atlanta is a major city. Here's just something that's interesting. I don't want to get too political here. Uh-huh. But I was in Montreal recently over the summer. And have you been to Montreal? I have, yeah. Fantastic city. Amazing. Like one of the cool cities. One thing I noticed there was like, there's no homeless people. Yeah. Nowhere. Like, Nowhere. And I went to Quebec City as well, which, again, no homeless people. What? And a friend of mine was like, yeah, because everybody has health care. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. oh, that's an interesting point. So just chew on that. Get mad at me. Tweet me at Mara Davis. I don't care. I mean, I try not to be political because it's not, it's not my brand. Right. Uh, yes. And uh, you are a brand ambassador. Uh, uh, you know, and it's hard not to, but you know, it's true. It's like, you know, but anyway, get back to your point. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to really answer that. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, I see it. Like I was just driving by, where was I? Uh, Cheshire Bridge area. It seems like I'm really trolling Cheshire Bridge. <laughs> That's the second time I mentioned it. But I saw like a whole little village. I'm like, hey, it looks kind of cool down there. You yeah. know, there, but you know, it's it's a sad problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't, I, I wouldn't know how to fix that. I don't know. Yeah. And it's not just unique to Atlanta. So I guess you are right. Got to think outside of just the city, but there are all these positives I like to bring in the negative as well, just to balance out the happiness on the interview <laughs> i mean it is sad you know it's you know it's really hard and i don't know even know how to do this and, and maybe someone in your audience could give me some insight on mm-hmm. this but my son is 11 and you know every time we see somebody homeless which is quite a bit because we live in the city he's always like why don't we help that guy or what can we do or you know you know and that's always a weird predicament to be in because you know on the one hand, you do really want to help somebody out. But on the other hand, you know, like that person is like going to take that money and, you know, go buy drugs or alcohol. So it's a it's a very murky territory to be in. And you're not only like all these entertainment facets, but you're also a philanthropist as well. I mean, you've given back your time in numerous ways. I try to. So try you, to. you have a giving heart. It's good to see your kids. And maybe it's the next generation that can kind of make a bump in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, but I think that's a tough one. I mean, like, what do you think? What do you do when you see that? I just feel bad, but then don't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Well, it just depends. Like, if I had a sandwich, I would give him a sandwich. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, or if, like, if I was walking at a restaurant with a doggy bag or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I struggle with that. Has the city always been like this? Like, because since you've... I mean, in 94, I was born in 88, so, like, 94, I was too young to know anything. But has the city, like, as it's been growing, has that become, like, an undercurrent as well, or is that just a consistency? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I didn't notice before. Maybe I lived in Buckhead for a while when, you know, my, oh. so maybe I didn't see it as much there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived now in Virginia Highland probably almost 15 years, so, um, you know, I don't know. 
All right, I don't want to. I don't want to keep this all depressing, but I like. Yeah, I just change a subject. You're, you're, Joel, you are Atlanta, up? so I was oh. trying to. I didn't plan to do that, <laughs> but that is something. Let's talk about the homeless, yeah. <laughs> Mara. Uh, this is the, my comedy hot breath hot <laughs> podcast. Well, it's your educated escape. So see, we we talk about oh, a little bit of everything. Right. We like to I, entertain and educate. I'm so into in your here. branding, you're like really you're you're uh, working it, Joel. Well, thank you. Well, the product's got to be quality too. I mean, so you're, you're hustling. Well, thank you, Mara. Good That's, job. Wait, I got you. So that's that's. I, a, it was so hard to get me. It. You sent me one message. I'm like, what time do I be there? <laughs> well, how would you get a lot of your guests? Was it? Did you have to pull the radio, or would you have to reach out? How did Here's that go? Here's what's interesting about that, and that's a great question because uh, I know. Don't you love when you do an interview it's and somebody best. says that? Oh, that's I know. The best. Um, <laughs> because when I did regular radio. Um, People would want to do it because it was, you know, there was your exposure or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, promoting a movie. But now, um, now that I'm in the game of booking talent behind the scenes, it's, it's, you know, you just, there's a finesse to it and you've got to be persistent. Okay. So I think persistence is the biggest thing as, as far as like, you just got to stay on some, stay on it and you can't forget. But how do you stay on it without becoming a nuisance? Uh, you time stuff out. Like, for example, um, you know, and I have a sexier ask, you know, when I'm working with Adult Swim, because if people get Adult Swim, they're like, you know, they they don't ask for a lot of people. They say no to more than they say yes to. Mm -hmm. So if sometimes, you know, if somebody doesn't respond to you in a week, you can't take it personally. You just that's my joke. That's like my my like middle name with guest booking it's circling back because you're constantly circling back right? gotcha. just circling back just checking uh-huh. so I think persistence is key so after a week you'll reach back or mm-hmm. what you after a week you'll like have a reminder to be like alright follow up with them just circling back to see mm-hmm. uh, follow up on my message and all that yep it's like um, who so I, I was trying to book George Wallace the great yeah. comedian uh, he's, he's a uh, bucket lister on here I'm still waiting on him uh well, you did, have you reached out to his people? I haven't reached out to his people. I tweeted him. No, so. see, you can't do that. <laughs> see, let me give you a lesson, Joel. Please, I'm okay. open to all of them. And this may be a millennial thing, uh-huh. okay? You can't just, like, think that you're going to make shit happen because you're in a tweet or an Instagram conversation. That mm-hmm. is ridiculous. you got to, like, pick up the phone and call somebody, or you've got to... Find his manager, who I was just communicating with today, mm-hmm. and that's how you do it. Because okay. it, it, I find it kind of annoying if somebody will tweet me and be like, I have this charity, can you retweet me? Like, you know what? <sighs> or like, even if someone like, I don't want to do business or talk about something personal in a public forum. Right? What mm-hmm. did I say to you? You sent me a message on Instagram, which is great. It was a private message. Yeah. And I said, email me. Right. So I can keep everything in one place and keep my schedule. So I think if you're trying to get a guest, you want to, number one, go through the proper channels. You want to find the person's, you know, agent, publicist. You want to go through the right channels. So that's helpful for me. Okay, great. And it should be for you. That was great advice. Yeah, because some of the, I will say a, a surprisingly amount of the interviews I've gotten have been from tweets. Like, I'll watch... Not more local people, but headlining comedians that have mm-hmm. come through. I've either interviewed them because I like worked with them that week right. at the club, or I just saw they were in town, and then I just tweeted them. And most people are like, yeah, sure. Some people never respond. But I think those those are the people, I guess, you go through their management. Because I've had to go through management as well right. on guests. And I do have a press kit. And I have, like, you know, all the analytics no, and everything. It's like you have 56,000 Oh, I, I did send you the press kit. I yeah, I, I doubled down on it. Yeah, I threw everything at Validated. you. I was just like, yeah. I just wanted you to know it was legit because a lot of times you hear podcasts and it's just people just wanting to, like, catch up and be like, hey, so what's up? You know, they're not trying to learn from It's you. harder to get guests on podcasts because yeah. – now, listen, I'm a hooker, and you're Atlanta, and I've heard of you, and whatever. I mean, it's, you know, but, like, if someone's coming into town, you know, someone may want to not want to give up an hour of their time totally. to do that. So, yeah. so I think you're doing it right that way. And be professional. The worst thing people can say is no. Exactly. And also, I always feel like in business, and especially in the entertainment business, and what you're doing, you always have to take that call. 
you always have to be nice and you always have to do your what you can to mentor somebody or even give them a time of day because I remember a lot all the people that said no to me. Mm-hmm. I do. And I've had a lot of no's. Because listen, getting back to like, I had a lot of hustling I had to do. And then I'm still doing. Yeah. Still. Yep. Like I still want to, you know, I'm not really shooting for a full-time radio job anymore. I'm more shooting like, I'd love a full-time TV job. So I'm, a, you know, constantly banging on doors. And I remember the people that say no. Cause, or I remember, like, I'm going to give you an example of something that early on. There was a... Is this at the record company when they all called you intern all the time? Oh, gosh. Okay. I hated working in the right... Okay. Yeah, you really did do yeah. your crap. <laughs> I just want to make sure you weren't going to that one. Because, cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I interned in, 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 in the record business and I didn't care for it. Right. Meanwhile, huh, sorry, record business. How'd yeah. that go for you? Exactly. But sorry to cut you off there. I just no, it's fine. But okay. like, I, early on mm-hmm. in uh, when I got off the radio and I was really like just banging on every door, Joel. Like I was just like trying so hard to to. I was even thinking about getting into talk radio, and there was someone who I knew from when I worked with the Grease Man. I don't know. (laughs) The Grease Man. Oh, you're not familiar with The Grease Man? No, I didn't do that research, I guess. No. Well, The Grease Man was, like, you've heard of Howard Stern, but The Grease Man was a nationally syndicated radio show. Look him up. He got in a lot of trouble. He was, was, I mean, he was, like, nationally known, Uh but he was on Z93 for a time. Okay. He was a great guy. Doug, and he got in a lot of racially charged trouble where he said some things that were really offensive which actually pretty much shocked me because I knew him personally and did not know him to be like this. But mm-hmm. okay. Well, someone that worked on that show went on to be a big executive at, at Sirius. And uh, I, I had reached out to him and we knew people in common. And I was like, I would. is there any way I could get a call with you? I'd love to pick your brain about talk radio. And he said, no, I'm too busy. Mm. Cold-blooded. And just thinking about it now, I, I, I'm just like, I, I couldn't even believe it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you're not like, this isn't like Jeff Bezos who's like r- running the world. <laughs> he, he doesn't have 10 minutes right. for an informational. But like, this guy had 10 minutes for an informational and it was just like, I thought to myself, I'm never, I will always go out of my way to, to do that for people because sometimes it just takes that call. Sometimes the call means nothing. Yeah. But I, I just think people who are in a position of mentoring should go out of their way and do it. And it seems like radio, I mean, a lot of times DJs are just thrown from one seat to the other. Even here from Z93 to Dave FM, you had to like re-audition to be on Dave oh, FM. Yeah. You're like the player in Z93 and they're like, well, you got you to gotta prove yourself again. Oh, yeah. That was a really dark time uh, for me. Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, DJs don't really move around anymore because they're just, there are so few human beings on terrestrial radio. But okay. back in the day, uh, that happened a lot. And, yeah, it was, oh, my gosh. And I'll, I'll reveal this here because this is like, like, I got to write a book about this. So here I was at Z93 yeah. forever. Forever, okay? <laughs> they changed the format to Dave FM overnight. I found out about it from Rodney Ho, the ro- the radio writer. Like, uh-huh. I get a call, like, did, came from Rodney saying, um, everybody's f- fired. You're changing to a new format tomorrow. And I'm like, am I fired? And I, like, hadn't heard from my own management. I was calling my program director. He wasn't picking up the phone. So I didn't even know what was happening. Finally, my my general manager uh, called me. I was like, yes, it's true, and we have new management coming in, and, and you know, we'll call you in a couple of weeks. <sighs> okay. So I was still under contract at the time, so I was getting paid, but I mean, sometimes being in limbo is worse than knowing that you got fired, mm-hmm. honestly. And I know, because I've been in limbo a lot, and then every day you wake up, today, am I going to get the call? Am I going to get the call? And, you know, so I didn't get the call for a while, and then they introduced a new program director who um, had the choice of, either firing me and paying off my contract for a year or hiring me and, you know, whatever. So this person had the choice. And um, 
So I had to go and re-audition for my job. Yes. And, and I had to go on the air and re-audition. Meanwhile, it was so funny about this. I was just listening, listening to Howard Stern the other day, who had to do kind of the same thing. When, Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At WNBC. WNBC. He talked about the same thing. Like, and it was like, are you fucking kidding me? I've been on the radio for, for you know, over 10 years on this station alone. You want me to re-audition? Okay, fine. So my agent at the time said to me, he was like, you know what, just shut the fuck up and go in and do it. And it was good advice, and I did, and I went in and do it, but wouldn't you know, and I did, and, I, and it was fine. But this program director had me coming out of my first break, was talking after Tori Amos, Silent All These Years, a song about rape. Yikes. Okay, oh and gosh. do you know that song? No. Oh my gosh, it's like, uh-uh. oh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like the, the, like the most like, like depressing, like lesbian jam that you've yeah. ever heard in your life. Okay. And I love Tori Amos. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I had to be like, Dave FM, like we're the coolest, you know, like, and I, and I think back on that and I'm like, this person did that to me on purpose. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, um, so anyway, I ended up getting my job back, and and uh, and it wasn't easy because a lot of people, a lot of the like new, like hey, you know, out with the Fleetwood Mac and in with the Dave Matthews, you know, it's like oh, you classic rock, you know, dinosaur over there to me, like. You know, it was really hard that first year because I was part of the old regime. Yeah. And and it was really, really tough. It was a, it was a tough year. And, and I didn't think I was going to make it. Uh, oh, it honestly, got that low. Like, it was low. I was low. in a, it was a really rough working environment there. And um, then my dad died. Ooh. And then it was like, and that was like, it, it was a, and then I got pregnant. And then it was a crazy realization of, you know what? All you people do not even matter. So that's why I think it's a great career lesson, too. It's like when you think this is the most important thing in your life, it just meant nothing. And once, like, I had that perspective, mm-hmm. I went into work with a different attitude. And then things changed. And then Dave FM ended up moving into Colony Square with V103. And I had all that energy from, from the other side. And, and that's when things changed. And all of those people who, who, who were just projecting this negative energy all got fired. And I survived to the end. Well, while we're on failure, yeah, because I always on here, I always like to talk about the, the success people have and also like to talk about the failures mm-hmm. and talking about interviewing specifically, like what would, what was your biggest like interview bomb? Would you oh say? God, so many. <laughs> uh, well, a notable one okay, and a topical one. I mean, gosh, there've been so many, Joel. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny if you, if it actually is a failure or you just think it's a failure. Gotcha. So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, I think like, there's a couple that stick out in my mind. One was uh, Bill Cosby hanging up on me. Oh, nice. Oh, Ted Nugent hung up on me once. <laughs> um... Gosh, what did I, you do to make that happen? What what did you ask them something specific or the well, whole interview well, well, was Bill just Bill Cosby uh just went on for a really long time. Oh, I'll get a little closer. Oh, you're good. Um and I told him I had to go and he hung up on me. But what was a real failure? What was one that I really put was I gotta think about that one for a minute. I like your interview style because it, like seeing you with I saw your Jimmy Fallon interview and you open up by saying, Isn't it great to meet me? I was like, who <laughs> says that? Who says that? Like, <laughs> yeah, he was super nice. He was such yeah, a great guy. Yeah, he seems guy. like a great guy. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, ooh, that's such a good one. Well, how, we can circle back. Yeah, yeah, We can circle, circle back. back. I yeah, like it. Because interviewing is something I want to dive in on with you as well. Because I haven't interviewed too many people who have the interview experience you do. So, like, what, what, would, what is your interview prep? How would you research these? How would you prepare for these interviews you're doing? I think the key to winning is being prepared. Mm-hmm. As much as you can read ahead of time, as much you can know about that person, that's the great thing about social media too. Totally. Because you can find out about some someone 
what they're thinking that minute. And that's mm-hmm. something that I didn't have years ago. So that's usually the first place I look is to see their what, what their social media footprint is. Because then, like, you're like, oh, my God, you love, you know, rat terriers, so do I, you know, and they just posted a picture about it. And then suddenly you have this point of connection. So I think the biggest thing is finding a point of connection. Boom. Because yeah. then, you, then you just open up to somebody. Like, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was a Howard Stern fan like I am. Didn't even know the guy. He was the IT guy for Atlanta Eats, and I had, was having an issue. And I became, like, best friends with this guy because... You know, I mean, I know that's not the same level as an interview. I think I really mess up on interviews um, when I'm starstruck by somebody. Sure, that's hard not to do sometimes. Right. Like, I think I interviewed Uma Thurman on the phone once, and I was just like, I was just so, I couldn't fucking believe I was talking to her. And then it just sucked. Like, nothing came out of it. So I think I think that's a problem. And I And recently... I am obsessed with Jason Isbell. Like, he is my favorite (laughs) singer-songwriter. I think he's the Southern Springsteen. I think he is, like, the poet of our day right now. And I interviewed him on the phone, and I just thought it was shit because I, I, I couldn't get out of my own way. What, you just kept talking or I just, what? I don't think I asked great questions and it was a phone interview and phone interviews are really hard. Yeah, I rarely do them, yeah. So I don't think it was great. Um, I I know like once I, you know, it's funny because I know John Oates a little bit from Hall & Oates and once <laughs> I asked him about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, why they weren't, and he got really testy with me and I think I, I think that did, that's on YouTube somewhere and it was like, it got really <laughs> awkward. Um, but, but yeah. But I you're mean, on the phone and you have your notes, like do you use notes? I try not to actually. Yeah. I try to just really soak it in and really like, embody it and and feel it so if i if if i'm doing one of those q a's like i've done at the the jewish book festival or or if i'm moderating something i will just read for days like i did the last one i did was with kenny loggins and i did one with andy cohen yeah and i'll just try and gather as much information and consume as much as I can to try and find that point of contact. I mean, and sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't. And do you then open up with that point of contact to like establish the connection moving forward? It just depends on what kind of scenario you're in. Like if it's at a book festival or if they're promoting a book, like you better have read that book. Gotcha. Like, like they know when you don't read the book Mm -hmm. and you're doing a disservice to not read the book but you know you never know when something's gonna go south it's like i made a joke with john oates i bring him up again who is the nicest guy and i've met him so many times and interviewed him a bunch but he got really testy with me in my q a with him a few months ago because he was kept talking about in the book about his wardrobe and his 70s and his mustache and all that and then like and there were three different references in the book about how he wore clogs and i brought that up i was like you talk about clogs a lot And he got really defensive with me. And I was like, you wrote about it. (laughs) So I do think the key is, you know, is is if if someone's written a book, you you better have read it. I always have like a game plan and I'm I'm getting better at not looking at the notes. It's almost like knowing the person. And then I used to be like, okay, I'm going here, 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 and then we'll end here. And it was almost like this story arc. But now I'm learning as you talk to people, the the topics will find their way into the conversation naturally. So I mean, I'm, this is the third interview I've done today. So I and it's tiring, and you it you is are, you are doing a really good job because the big, the biggest thing that people don't do, and what you when you have a long form podcast like this, yeah, you have the opportunity to listen. Yes, yes, and that's something that you know if you're doing a radio interview like I used to do back in the day, like you have those like seven minute windows, and then the whole time there's a producer telling you to wrap it up. I mean, that's what happens in these press junkets now that I'll do. You'll show up and they're like, you have five minutes and they're literally like, you know, waving you down after minute three. It's like, how can you get, you just, so in those interviews, somebody gave me advice on that. If you just really pick one thing Mm -hmm. and just stick with that, you have a, a, you you have a better level of success because you're never going to get it all in. 
Gotcha. I, th- I like that point of contact. I definitely will take that going forward. Yeah, for it, sure. de- it definitely does help. But I think, you know, you mentioned Lois Reitzis. Like if you, you know, the great Lois Reitzis, you know, I listen yeah. to her interview people and she is so prepared. Oh, and so she's smooth. So, she's just so thoughtful. Yeah. And another thing you have to remember is to not make it about you. I think a lot of people have that problem is that people like, I think maybe it's different in your podcast because on hot breath, it is all about you, but you don't want to like, you just, I think a lot of people make that mistake. That's the, one of the biggest compliments I've gotten on this though, is that I get out of the way of the guest and I just let them talk. And I, that's something I learned from Terry gross Mm -hmm. and fresh air is you just ask a, like a, a quality question and then you'll get a quality answer. And it's just listening to the guest and what they're giving you. But it's easier in long form. But like Lois doing like a 10, 15 minute interview, I'm wondering how you can establish that connection and get that sort of rapport in that amount of time. She is really special in that way. Yeah. She is also so experienced and so prepared. Mm -hmm. And there are certain people that are just really, really good at that. I mean, it's just when you do it enough times and it's kind of like, the most nerve-wracking thing and also the most exciting thing is kind of like gambling. You never know how it's going to go. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And that live aspect of it is, is even better. Now, I feel like when I interview people for NPR, for WABE, uh, which is a job I love so much, and I feel like it's like I am like really honored to work there. I basically have to pay them to work there. I make like $1. That's why I loved how everyone in radio was like, we get an Mara Davis because she's so expensive. I work for WABE. Yeah. Like I give money to them. You're a contributor. I make like $2. Like, and I work for four hours on that Mara's music mix. Like I work so hard on that thing. And we appreciate it. Too. Uh, thank you. But, um, you know, she just really goes out of her way. And, and when I interview somebody for one of those, I know that I have the luxury of editing and it's not live. So. Yeah, she's on my bucket list as well. Oh, she's you should talk to you. She'll do it, you think? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I like interviewing. I just feel like there's so much to learn and nobody's really interviewed her like that. That's why I like. I've been picking people who are very interesting, but nobody's just gone all the way in on them. They've done little snippets here, but there's not one place. With Hot Breath, it's all about they can come to this one place and get this interview that they'll learn everything about the person. I think... Um, As I bring it back to me in the interview. It's all about you, Hot Breath. <laughs> it really isn't, though. I think um, I think she would probably love to do it. I think you should ask her once once this is posted, if you ever post it. Uh, Monday. I release a new one every Monday, okay, and this great. one's going up this week for okay, sure. Okay, so then I will ask her about that. Interesting. Well, all right, Mary Davis, a media maven. Um, media maven. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will land this plane here and uh, get you out of here. I do appreciate your time. I know time is super valuable, especially somebody with how many plates you're spinning. But before we get out of here, Mary Davis, is there anything else you want the world to know? What do I want the world to know? I want you to follow me on my social media mm-hmm. Mara Davis 2000 on social media there was already a Mara Davis when Instagram came out like I couldn't believe it um, and then follow me on Twitter I'll try not be too, to be too political oh my phone's ringing is that my kid because I'm a mom I'm a mom that was the first time you said it normal it was my kid um, good thing we're wrapping it up uh Follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, listen to me on The Burt Show on Wednesdays, 7.45. Listen to me on WABE on Fridays at 6.45, 8.45, and 3.45. And watch me on Atlanta Eats. And um, check out all the cool guests on uh, Adult Swim streaming. Yes. Mira Davis, thank you for being on Hot Breath. Thank you for having me, Joel. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, we're down to one, li- one viewer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Is that your mother? The one guy said, this sucks. Oh, that's so Oh, that's great. Holy Atlanta, that was awesome. Thank you very much to Mara. Thank you very much to you listening right now, however, wherever, whoever helped you find this Hot Breath episode. I'm greatly appreciative. And all I'll say is that if you did enjoy this interview and all the research and time that went into not only doing the interview, but producing the interview and preparing for the interview. Please just take two minutes, go to Creative Loafing's website and vote 
Hot Breath Pod, Best Local Podcast for Best of Atlanta. It's on the Cityscapes page, third row from the bottom, far right, Hot Breath Podcast. So I would greatly appreciate you investing time into the podcast as I have invested time into I mean, producing almost 100 episodes of the podcast. So this has really become a passion project of mine in the name of Atlanta and capturing the story of this really booming city. So thank you for being a part of that. If you want to know any more info about me and you're like, who is this Joel Byers character? Well, I do have a website, joelbyerscomedy.com. On there, you'll find links to my podcast, my comedy class, my book, my schedule. I host a free show every Wednesday at Java Monkey in Decatur, Georgia. Last year, it was voted Best Local Comedy Show. This year, I'm just aiming for the Beth podcast because that is really where the message is starting to spread. But if you enjoyed me on here, you're going to love me live when I'm actually cutting loose and not trying to investigate the guest, but actually just having fun doing comedy. So if you're looking for a fun time in a unique setting like the Java Monkey patio, I've got you covered. So thanks for hanging out. Thank you, of course, to my wife. Oh, Aaron Byers. Might I add, Erin Byers, she just changed her name since the last Hot Breath episode last week. So we release these every single Monday. <laughs> My wife is now officially Erin Byers, but I thank her for her continued guidance. And she made the theme song for the podcast. She started it all. So thank you, Bay. Thank you to, of course, Comedy Artwork. When you go on my website and see all the graphics and designs I have done that was all comedy artwork if you guys want some dope stuff done just hit him up tell him you're a hot brethren and sisterin and he definitely takes care of us he loves comedy and he loves learning and he loves this podcast and I love you and I love my engineer Amon Garner as well definitely hit him up on Facebook if you have any production needs but you're gonna see on my social media at hot breath pod I'm starting to incorporate some of his music into there as well so definitely keep up with that but just you keeping up with this, this is, I just, I just love it. it. We've, we've come so far in such a short amount of time. So I'm very thrilled as we rapidly approach the hundredth hot breath episode. You're going to be seeing more and more major influencers from Atlanta on here. So definitely in the meantime, go back to over 90 episodes we have in hot breath and just catch up, dive into what you like, but I appreciate you taking the time to even sit down with me and Mary today. So you are the reason we do this. So I thank you one last time. So I said all that to say until next Monday, right here on hot breath. <sighs> for doing it that's so cool you're so good at it oh thank you i mean wow thank you you should keep on doing it